Hello there, and welcome to episode 21 of HearthCast, a podcast for the average World of Warcraft player with your hosts, Root and Freckleface. In this episode, we're going to talk about how big Azeroth actually is. We're also going to go over Root's auction house tip, our add-on of the week, pronunciation ponage, and we'll wrap it up with some of our shenanigans, which is fun or naughty things to do in WoW. And after the show, stay tuned for a very, very important announcement that we have here concerning the show, uh, Freckleface and myself, and it actually pertains to you, the listeners. As always, we'd like to thank you for listening to the show, making it what it is, making it what it is becoming on a daily basis, the best, the most well-recognized growing podcast in our niche. We always like to give our shout-outs to our guildmates on Whisperwind, the Titans Warriors over there, and over in Gorgonash, the Faces of Azeroth. I also want to give a shout-out to Giggity. Uh, here in Orlando, Florida, is an avid blogger. His blog is up on our website. We're linking to it. That is nomandagger.wordpress.com. And a special shout-out going over to pajamaforest.com with their new Learn to Play WoW Noob comic strip. So go over there and check them out. As always, we can always find our website at www.hearthcast.com. Our email address, should you wish to contribute to the show, is contribute at hearthcast.com. You can always find our show on iTunes. Rate us there. Call our ACN hotline, 321-558-7637. Go straight to voicemail. We don't answer that, but we do like to hear uh, from you guys. We actually will share those comments that we get on the air. You can always follow us as well on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash hearthcast. So, Freckleface, what's going on with you this week in the world of Warcraft? Well, I am getting my mage, my mage ready to ding 80. I'm very close to it. I'm super excited because that means I finally get to do things with my guildmates, you know, like uh, run battlegrounds or do raids, you know, let them help me get geared up. And I'm getting prepped for that by building up my reputation with certain factions enough so that I can buy their tabard, which as you know, if you wear their tabard into the 80 level dungeons, you can increase your rep that way. But you still need a little base rep, and I'm, you know, making sure I have all that done. All my flight points established that, you know, sometimes it's a quest chain to do, like in the Storm Peaks or Ice Crown. So I'm just getting ramped up to hit my 80, and I am determined to make this mage my DPS machine. That's going to be awesome. Because my rogue is a little bit of a fail DPS. I mean, I have all the bells and whistles, mind you. But actual, you know, functioning raids, not so much. Well, I don't think anything can, can out DPS uh, a mage. Hopefully not. Although I am disappointed because, you know, you didn't choose to play a gnome this time. No, I can't be a gnome all the time, but the gift of Naru has saved yep, you, you got, my I'll give you so that. many times. I'll give you that. So how about you, Rude? What's been going on with you? Well, you know, I've been still focusing on Fat Wallet, and Fat Wallet is now up to 800 gold. Awesome. So in less than a couple of days, he uh, was able to pull in over 100 gold. Now, are you making bigger investments with your money? Are you buying more high-ticket items? Yes and yes, both. Um, you, I'm getting a little riskier with what I am am getting a hold of. Um, I'm being more uh, open, I guess, in what I'm purchasing to either relist or vendor, as the case might be. And uh, a lot of times I'm getting stuff in a higher quantity and throwing it up on the auction house. And there's a little trick we want to talk about that we'll get to with the auction house coming up. Um, but he's doing good. I'm only spending really about 20 to 30 minutes a day on him. 
So I'm able to pull in, you know, like it was a couple hundred gold, well, 100 gold in about two days, but with only spending, you know, 20, 30 minutes, not including the auction house scan, which, you know, on our server takes 30 minutes or so to do. So it's doing real good. Um, as we mentioned before, uh, we'll be revealing some of the things he's doing in our newsletter this week. And once we hit our magic 100, and I don't have an update today, but we'll have one next week where we're at with that. As soon as we hit that magic number, uh, I'll be revealing exactly exactly what he's doing. Uh, the big secret behind how he's pulling in you know, all his money. Uh, with Blizzard, there's some interesting things going on this week with uh, on the PTR with 3.3. Uh, they are really starting to promote the pug, the pickup group. Uh, they're going to—they're giving extra gold for it. They're giving extra badges for it. So when you're just throwing together, and this is through the LFG, when you have a group that you put together through LFG, and you have your little pickup group, you're going in and taking off the. They're starting to really encourage that. Another thing they're doing is with the new dungeon system. Uh, when you're in a pug, at least one member of your group is going to receive a buff called Luck of the Draw. And uh, what this buff is going to do is, is it increases the entire group's damage, healing, and base health by 5%. Which, when you first look at it, you go, well, it's 5%, that's not all. That, that can be the difference between life and death in a, in a dungeon. So it is a, a very good buff to have in there. And they're also going to be giving out a little non-combat pet reward uh, for using the plug system as well. Uh, so... It's a pretty cool thing that they're doing with uh, with the looking for group and you know getting people together and rewarding them for actually doing something in the game with other people versus the people they've become so familiar with. Another cool change that I saw is the meeting stones are now getting a, a little bit of a, a change. Uh, you'll be able to basically summon somebody from anywhere. Now this is kind of cool because this will be able to teleport you from wherever you are. Uh, when your group is formed, your dungeon's ready, it's going to teleport you from wherever you are. Kind of similar to the battlegrounds. And when you're done, uh, you get zapped back to where you were. You're going to get teleported back to exactly where you were. Now, a lot of people are saying that this is being put in place uh, to get rid of people you know, trying to get the free summons to, uh, to Dalaran, uh, saying they'll be part of the, the, the Violet Hold group. And as soon as they get there, they disband the group, and now everybody's there, kind of like a free port over there. Um, also, the meeting stones will only require that a player be level 15, and there's no maximum level restriction on any of them to use anymore, which is going to be great if you are you know, trying to run somebody through uh, a lower instance. If you have a newbie or a low, lower character or an alt or whatever that you're getting run, uh, you don't have to you know, wait for the person to run the entire way there because your AD can't summon their lower player. Oh, sure. Well, back in the Hallows uh, end quest, you know, people were running Scarlet Monastery every day, a group of 580s. Um, but you couldn't use a summoning stone because everyone was too high for it. Right. So every single person had to make that run. Ooh, and that's not a fun run. But now uh, that looks like that's all going away. So keep your eyes on those two things. Those still are on the PTR. And, you know, we don't like talking about that much, but those still on the PTR. But those are something that I – it's got to be a shoe in these, these are things that, that the system needs anyhow. So I think it's going to be a great shoe-in. Now, I am personally really excited about the new system they have, the looking for group. Just just the fact that you can be able to get into a group for a dungeon just as easy as you can get into a battleground. You know, it's just, I'm really excited about it. I really hate trying to find a group. You know, maybe you get three people together and you can't find a healer. Right. And then someone gets frustrated and they drop off and the whole thing ends up kind of falling apart. And what I like about it is they've included a few safeguards to keep people from ruining the experience, I would say. 
Like, for example, did you know that if you put someone on your ignore list, it will never group you with them? I did not know that. And you can put people on your ignore list from other realms. I had no idea. So if you join a group and you just really don't like someone, they're really behaving badly, you can ignore them, won't ever have to deal with them again. Wow. And there's also a function to vote kick a player. So if someone's going AFK or if they're being rude. Ninja looting. Whatever. Ninja looting. You can uh, vote to kick and they'll get kicked, I guess, if they have enough votes. Now, there's going to be some new restrictions in place that's going to help against ninja looting. I don't have a lot of the details in front of me, but it's going to be including not being able to need on on armor that you don't qualify for. Oh. I like that. Yeah, so it should cut down on that a lot. Very good. Now, our, our main content this week, Freckle Face, actually comes from one of our listeners, Battle Moody, who emailed his question in. Uh, what, last week? And it was such a great question that we, we wanted to devote an entire episode to it. Uh, so Battle Moody, you know, basically this is your episode. Uh, he asked basically in his email, what he says is, I was wondering if you could tell me how big is Azeroth Outlands and Northrend in square miles? It would be nice to be able to explain to people just how big a, uh, the World of Warcraft is. Thanks, love the show. Battle Moody over on Winterhoof. Now, Freckleface did a lot of research into this, and we may not be giving you the best answer you want, but we're giving you the best answer that we have for this. So, Freckleface, what have you found out about literally how big Azeroth is? Well, first of all, I want to say that there's no official data from Blizzard. Blizzard isn't releasing that information. But they do have a few different methods that you can use to tell distance. They measure things in yards and a lot of spells will have a distance of a certain amount of yards. So you can use that as a basis to measure that. Now Cartographer is a map add-on and I really love it. It's one of my favorite maps. What you can do, you can open it up and rather than have each individual zones as a different screen, it opens up at one fluid map that you can zoom in and zoom out. You know, you can see how the zones connect, if there's roads, if it's blocked. It also uses something called waypoints. So if you open up your map, you find a spot on the map, you right click on it, you says set waypoint here. It will provide you an arrow on the top of your screen that uh, points in a direction and gives a distance. So what I did is I went to the northern part of Kalimdor and I put my waypoint at the very southern tip. The Kalimdor is lengthwise probably the biggest length of air, probably the biggest length of land that you can run in a straight line. And according to Cartographer which uses the blizzards yards it is about 19,000 yards which translates into roughly 10 or 11 miles. It doesn't sound like a whole lot, does it? That whole continent is only 11 miles north to south. Does that sound very impressive to you, Root? Not really. Not really. It's kind of like the island of Manhattan. So you can look at it that way. The other way you can think about distance is when you're running around, is you think about how fast a human can run, approximately. You can multiply that by three because a griffin is 280% times the speed of your running. And that's the maximum speed. And then you can see how long it takes you to get from point A to point B, even if you're flying. 
And you know that even if you're going a really long distance, the most it'll take you is about 10 minutes. So if you look at it that way, the world really isn't that big. So it might not seem that impressive to if you're trying to explain to people how big it is. But there are a few variables. Like we have no idea how, the ocean, how big the ocean is. You know, you go on a boat from one harbor to the other and it always cuts out. Another thing to kind of consider is that battlegrounds and dungeons have no physical place on the map. Have you noticed that? I didn't until you pointed it out today, right in the pre-show. I mean, you think about Arathi Basin. I mean, there's both a place for the Alliance and the Horde to go into, and the geography of it looks like it's right up in there in Arathi Highlands, but it's not a place you can actually see. And if you look at the map, there is no place for it. The same thing with all the other battlegrounds and all the dungeons too. So of course not everything is going to translate realistically the same as our world. For example, if you set up a shop somewhere, how much space would it need in the real world for you to have all your wares and set them out and to be able to change money and whatnot? Whereas in WoW you can have you can carry everything on your person. And other things like that, uh like in your bag, twenty fish take up the same amount of space as one fish. Right. So space is a little bit negotiable in that sense. Theoretically, you could even carry around 20 axes in your backpack and it wouldn't slow down your run speed. Um, right, and that's something where, you know, we talked about that earlier, about how uh, back in the day when I played EverQuest, they did take weight into consideration. When your loot bags got full, you moved slower. You know, I did read an old old instruction manual from EverQuest uh, where in one of their earlier, I guess, versions that didn't stick around a long time, um, players would actually require more than just rest for experience or anything. You re your, your player actually required sleep. And they also had a little thing in there which is completely unrelated to this, but it just reminded me of it, uh, that their trees would grow and that you could actually have a house. So there's a lot of things that didn't make it into that game. Uh, for the physics of it. So I guess we can tie it back into the physics of you know not needing to sleep, getting exhausted, or carrying items that you slow you down or not. Right, and a lot of times when you're in a town, there's a lot of people, and it's a lot of space, and there's shop, but realistically, if you had to have facilities for all the people in that town, it would have to be much bigger. What kind We're, of facilities do you mean? Well, for one thing, most people just stand around. They don't have to sleep. Um, no one has to bathe. You don't see any showers or water basins or really anything like that. There's fountains. There's Well, those are decorations. I jump in fountains to mess up people's fishing all the time. Well, I'm sure you can You can jump in fountains. You can jump in lakes or not, but <laughs> uh, guess how many outhouses there are on Azeroth. I only know of one. There is only one working outhouse. In all of Azeroth. And uh, that's it's actually a pretty funny That really is. Thing. It's in Grizzly Hills. And you get the little buff, the indisposed buff while yes, you're in there. that is hilarious. Now, you can use it. You have to do it for a quest, but at any point in time, it doesn't matter if you've done the quest or not, you can just go and click on that. And uh, it's very obvious you haven't used a restroom in a while when you do use it. <laughs> There's lots of... Uh, lots of rumbling and grumbling Lots of demonic sounds coming from demonic. there. Demonic. It really is. It's kind of frightening. Now, you know, my, my big take on the uh, the whole question that we have here is um, from a developer standpoint, so that's what I do for, for a living, um, 
they're not going to let the genie out of the bag as it relates to the physics of the world that of Azeroth. They're not going to do that. Uh, and you've already hit on the reasons why. We don't really know how big things are. We don't know how vast the ocean is. There are things that, you know, it's the door to nowhere where you open up a door and now you're in a completely different world. Um, and that's, as we talked about, what, a couple, or a month ago or so about the game immersion. That's something you have to let yourself into that, their reality, uh, to be part of it. There are, you know, zones that can seem to go on forever and ever and ever, and zones that you go by through really quickly and you go, wow, Jesus, is this the same thing? Is this the same place? Or smaller zones that happen to have dungeons in them, and that's the only reason those things are there. Um, you know, and you're already hit on, on, a, on a good point. Like if you go over to Zolferic or Zolferac, the one over in um, Tenaris, you know, you're running into this small area in front of a foothill of a mountain, and now you go through there, you go through the mountains, but you can't get into that area unless you go through, through the instant portal to get into it. So that's the only way to get in. You don't see it from above. Oh, sure, and that's why a lot of the dungeons are in the very edge of a map, a point where you can't go around and you can't get a sense of how big it is. Um, even Dead Mines, you know, the little exit, you come out and you hop down a little hill and all of a sudden you're at the southern part of Westfall. But you cannot go to that dungeon exit because it's too high up to jump. Hmm. And you can't fly. So they always make it so that you can only enter... You can only see the front of a dungeon. You can't see the back of it. So would you use, if we're trying to communicate, because the original question is, you know, he wants to go back and be able to tell people, uh, Battle Moody wants to explain how big the World of Warcraft is. And, yeah, you know, you, when you tell somebody, well, if you look at it in our world, it's, you know, 11 miles here, 10 miles there, and it doesn't sound impressive. What are some better ways to explain to somebody just how large the world that we're dealing with is? Well, I think some better ways is to look at the climate and geography. You have everything from deserts, rainforest, there's mountains, there's plains, there's beaches, there's volcanoes, and there's even Arctic temperatures. To break it down into something that you can number, there are 71 zones hmm. in Azeroth. And for each zone, there's at least 10 to 15 different areas to explore. Um, there's multiple settlements. You know, you might have two for Alliance and one for Horde you know, or vice versa. There are unique creatures to every zone. Every zone has its own plant life and its own mineral system. And in the whole world, there are 128 different ends. That for both Horde and Alliance? Yes. Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot. So to think of a distance as in, you know, traveling from the north to the south of Kalimdor as being less than your commute to work route, it doesn't seem that impressive. You're right, it doesn't seem that impressive, but when you look at it as how many zones and ends and languages and all the climates and geography, then it starts to get more impressive. Now, you know, one thing that's always bothered me about the game physics, your, your current character, Vanilla, what race is she? Adrena. And if, if she and Root were running side by side, Root's a no, she's Adrena, who would win that race? Neither. Well, why not? They both go the same speed. That's always bothered me because yep. they, the run speed of races is the same. And I mean to tell you, those little gnome feet should be working overtime to keep up with the drain eye legs. Oh, absolutely. But it or just, a troll. Trolls are huge. 
Right. Or you know, so it does change. I did notice on some of the different characters that I've played when you're a larger or a taller character, your perspective changes, and that sometimes gives the illusion of moving slower or faster, but you're still moving the same speed. Exactly. And that's why when you play around with the different things that change your size, like there's the Halloween candy that made you big and orange. Yeah. And it kind of seemed to slow you down or you use the baby spice to be able to shrink them. And all of a sudden they look like they're running around. Um, my favorite thing to do is to get uh, a little pet out, you know. It can be like my my boy, just say my little slave boy, or you know, little penguin. You mount up and you watch it fall behind you. It's hilarious because this kid's like running as fast as a horse <laughs> <laughs> to keep up with me. I think I saw that on Superman once. But there you go, Battle Moody. Hopefully that answers your question. Go with 71 zones, 10 to 15 areas in those zones, 128 different inns, 30 known languages, deserts, rainforests, mountains, plains, beaches, volcanoes, arctics, you name it, they got it. And there's probably stuff, even outer space zones. So there's tons of stuff. And, you know, really, I would think the best way that, that I've done anyhow is when someone's asked me about it, I said, sit down, watch. You know, I'm not going to go do anything. What I typically do is I'll go somewhere and fly a couple places so they can see I won't engage in a battle or anything. But I will show them, you know, give them a tour of the World of Warcraft. And, it's, you know, it's, it can be overwhelming when people first see it. So it's pretty cool, though. So thank you, Freckleface, for your, your research into that this week. That's awesome. And you do already have the, uh, the achievement for exploring, like, all the continents, don't you? And the title and the tabard, yes. She got it all. Got so it all. You, you, more than anybody, would know that answer. Now, Root, um, what tips do you have for us this week as far as an auction house? Well, this is something I want to I want to fall back on a little bit. Uh, I know the last couple of weeks I've been talking primarily about Fat Wallet and what he's been doing, so I do want to get back a little bit to you know some of the game mechanics that we all can use, and that is one of choosing your profession or knowing uh, other professions and kind of going on your experience from those professions as to what you are putting up on the auction house. For instance, um, you can know, for instance, as, as an herbalist or something, stuff that was hard to get when you were first starting to make, uh, or if you're an alchemist, rather, and you're first starting to make some stuff. Well, if, if you've done that and you remember that, that, that experience that you went through that was hard, you man, I had to go over here, I had to go over there, I did, it took me all this time. You have to understand that... that in today's world, uh, people will rather pay gold than spend the time to go do something. So you can go places, get the materials that people are going to be using for their professions to raise their skills or to create certain items. And you can put those materials on the auction house and you can watch them sell. It happens very fast. Really good ones are for um, enchanters. Strange dust, um, you know the things they need to make their enhance or their their enhan uh, enchants rather uh, to the weapons or whatever. So they're barking around this, you know, telling people all the time, you know, it's free if you bring your own materials or whatever the case might be. Well, you got to get your materials from somewhere. So if you keep in mind that you know what I know this this particular enchant uses X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to go put X, Y, and Z up on the auction house because I know where they come from. You go do that, you can actually make a lot of good money. Or the thing, and I know, Freckleface, you told me not to do this, and I did it anyhow. 
uh, when I was leveling up first aid. I ran to the auction house and I bought linen. You know, as opposed to running through and, and getting, you know, linens from the drops, from humanoid drops all over the place, you know, running a dungeon to get as much as I need. Instead of doing that, I went ahead and went to the auction house, bought all the linen I needed, and I leveled up. Because you know that if people are just going through the, through these instances, going, you know what, people are going to be leveling up uh, stuff they need cloth for. We got first aid, there's uh, some tailoring and some other stuff that I'm sure uses cloth. So they go throw that up on the auction house and people buy them up. So knowing what professions that people are doing and the experiences you had with those professions will you know, help you identify things that you can actually go and purchase for very little gold or silver at some point in time and throw that up on the auction house and make a nice profit. So that is my tip for you this week is knowing your professions and knowing what things people need to level those professions and making them readily available to those people to purchase for a profit on the auction house. Now, Frank Face, we talked about way up in the very beginning when we started talking about how big Azeroth is, we mentioned uh, Cartographer. Now, that is not an add-on I use, but we do like to talk about different add-ons that are available in the World of Warcraft because a lot of times people don't know what those are. They see the websites or they hear other people talking about them in-game. You don't really have time in-game in to go in detail. People to say, it's a good add-on, get it. And you go, well, do I really need it? What's it really do? So... What what all what else? I mean, we know cartographer can give us waypoints. Okay, that's nice. We know it can put up a little directional arrow. Okay, that's nice. What else can cartographer do for us? Well, my favorite thing is just turning the whole, making it into one big map of Azeroth that you can zoom in on Northrend, and then zoom in on the Storm Peaks, you know, and then zoom out to, and then zoom back into Berean Tundra. I just like it because again, you can see where they connect, and where they don't. And it, when you're dealing with a big continent, for example, like Eastern Kingdom, it is very easy to get confused about where the zones are. For example, Burning Steeps. Could you tell me right now if that's closer to Ironforge or Stormwind? I think Ironforge. Okay. Am I right? It's a little closer to Stormwind. I lose. Because there's a lot that are very similar. So with Cartographer, you can, you can jump to a different zone, but you can also just kind of back up look at the content, see what it's close to, and it's really helpful. The waypoints, you know, I can't stress how helpful they are. For example, if you're going from, like we said, Storm Peaks to Berean Tundra, if you're looking at all the maps separately, it's really hard to tell what direction you need to go in to get there in a straight line. Because you know that once you have an epic mount, an epic flying mount, that there is no point in using the flight pass system. They go the same speed, only to use the griffins you have to pay for it and they don't go in a straight line. Right, they follow their own flight pattern. And sometimes they go way out of the way and that, but that's another story. So you can easily just kind of pick a spot on the map where you want to go and I'll set you up a little arrow. And then on the way if you find some mining nodes or some herbalism nodes that you want to go loot and you get a little bit off track you don't have to open up your map again to figure out where you're going because the little arrow is right there telling you which we need to go. That's cool. And then that's something you can also use. I was just thinking of, like, if you know you've got to go back to a person to turn a quest in, you can put your waypoint right there. Go do your quest. You know exactly where that person's going to be. Exactly. So that's kind of cool. I like that. So Cartographer is a big map system, map add-on that it enhances the maps for uh, World of Warcraft. I like that. That's kind of cool. 
You know, Freckle Face, I ran across something this week that kind of tweaked my beak a little bit. It's my little, it's a rant of the week. And this one isn't necessarily about Blizzard. Uh, and I shared a little bit of, the, of this with you this morning. I ran across a blog site um, about gold. I do tend to look around for articles and blog sites about different tips and strategies that people are using for gold, uh, gold making in the game. And a lot of them are the same old, tired, worn out ones that are there. And then I ran across this one person's blog, and I'm not even going to give the guy credit. That's how much that uh, I don't like what he had to say. Uh, there were three tips that he gave. And in my opinion, these three tips are something that'll, you know, it can actually cost you your account. Some of the tips this guy's gave. The very first tip he gives is buy gold. He literally says, yeah, go out and buy them. Yeah, there's some companies that aren't reputable, but you have to find your reputable ones. And you shouldn't pay more than X amount of dollars for about 1,000 gold. He actually goes out and suggests that people go and buy gold, um, which is against the acceptable uh, use policy and can get you terminated, get you your game canned. So I don't suggest going out and getting any kind of gold or buying gold that way. Um, his second thing that he said was kind of okay, but I still don't like it as a way to make gold. And that is to find a higher level player to take you into a dungeon or instance that they can solo, have them go through and kill everybody and everything in there, and you just loot. Now, yeah, that can be fun. I've done that before. Like I said, this is why I don't, you know, it's, I'm on the fence on it. It's, it is a good way to get some extra gold, but it's not a way that's, you know, it's still kind of frowned upon unless you're just trying to seed your character or do something kind of fun or you have nothing else to do. Unless you have an achievement or you need to run or you have a boss to kill in there, you know, that's something that's just a waste of time. And then the third thing he said that really got me was he actually mentions going to the guild bank and withdrawing gold from the guild bank. Um, he does say, you know, hey, you may want to put something in the guild bank before you withdraw your gold. The bigger part that made me mad on that was he said, if you find a guild that does not allow you access to the guild bank as soon as you join, get out of the guild and go find someone that does. So he's advocating basically being extremely greedy in the game by breaking acceptable, you know, the, the acceptable use policy and purchasing gold uh, on the outside world for real money. Uh, having somebody run you through an instance just so you can loot everything and, and go get money from that. And thirdly, you know, basically ninjaing your own guild bank. So, yeah, that's just something that I can't get behind at all. That's why I won't even mention this guy's website. Um, not a player that I'd ever want to play with or have in my guild. And, you know, that's, you know what? Never buy gold. It's stupid and illegal. If you're just going to run an instance to get gold, find something else to do with your time. You can make it, you know, I've, the tips that, that I've shared with you are can more, you know, they'll make more gold than you're going to get out of, out of an instance anyhow. And, you know, 30 minutes of my time in a day and I'm pulling in over 100 gold for doing what amounts to very little of my own work. Well, fun thing, if someone's not your friend, how are you going to convince them to take the time to run you through the Zola instances unless you give them money. Unless you're paying for them. And then in which case, you know, your net profit's going to be negligible anyhow. So it's not, still not something I would do. And third, you know what? If you're in my guild and you're and you're stealing out of the guild bank, you're not going to be in my guild very long. Uh, and I, w I do support limits in guild banks. They're, just, they're there for a reason. You shouldn't be able to just join a guild, especially on day one, join a guild and expect to have access to the guild bank. 
no self-respecting guild is going to do that unless you're brought in by a, someone else who knows you and trusts you. You know, if you're a friend of an officer in the guild, that's one thing. But if you just join a guild because someone goes, hey, you want to join my guild? And you go, yeah. And they don't and also, hey, can I get access to the guild bank? It'd be a foolish guild to give somebody an access right away. But see, if I ran a guild, which I have, um, I would give everyone access to the guild bank, but the limit be one stack. There you go. Yeah. And, and three gold per day. The reason being is that if you make a new character on your server, you're level 10. You join a guild in order to get help. And there's things in the guild bank like, you know, light armor kit or, you know, the, the little minor rejuvenational potions. The things that will really help you, you know, you want access to. That can really give you an edge to help it ease your level. And that's what I liked about the larger guilds with the multiple tabs in their guild bank. Because you can give access to level, you know, tab one, but not two or three or whatever. Exactly, and then that way you won't have people coming in just to take the most expensive item they can and then sell it. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's my rant. I didn't like that guy's website at all. Hated it. Don't recommend it. Hate everything the guy had to say. Um, and I'll jump off my high horse on that now. We are going to go over again uh, pronunciation ponage, like we do just about every week. It's one of my favorite segments, um, and I say that every week, and it's still one of my favorite segments. And this is where Freckleface, with her wonderful degree in English literature uh, can actually come back and tell us about some of the words that we come across in the World of Warcraft, what they mean, and so we can actually better ourselves and our vocabulary so we're not all, you know, what the what noobs all the time. So, Frackleface, what is in your book for Pronunciation Poners this week? All right, now this is the quest for Win Winter Breast Lake. It is part of the tournament. They send you to Howling Fjord to free the maiden who is encased in ice and she gives you a sword. And what she tells you is she gives a sword and says, It has brought me naught but ill. Mayhap you can find someone who will contain its power. Was your character's name Mayhap or something? No. Oh, okay. So they little confused me. I was like, Does, do they mean maybe? Do they mean perhaps? Uh, so I did a little uh, searching around and found out that it is an archaic word that means perhaps. Hmm. So it is legit, and I think the reason why they had her say something that was maybe kind of archaic in language was the fact that you don't know how long she's been frozen in the ice. Obviously, she has no contact with the real world other than the 2,000 people that come up to her per day and free her, and then she gets <laughs> locked up again. Um, <laughs> what a life to have, right? I'll tell you what. So there you go. Mayhap. I don't know if you can get away with saying it today. Um, that might sound kind of... Encyclopedia Brownish, if you right. did that. But at least if you hear it, you know what it means. So there you go. Um, we're doing a little bit of a segment change here. Um, we used to call this our, our anecdotes. And we're doing a little bit of a change. We're now going to be calling this our shenanigans, which is a much better word than anecdote. Because and we like to say what we've done and also tell yeah. you something that you can do as well. You know, do to have fun in, in, in World of Warcraft that can, you know, sometimes be a little mischievous or, or get people a little tweet. But, you know, it's, it's all about fun, at least for Freckleface and I in the World of Warcraft. If I'm not having fun at something, I don't really want to do it. So it's all about the fun. So our shenanigans this week, uh, Freckleface wrote this one down, and it is absolutely hilarious. Um, and I've never done it, but I'm going to, I can't wait to do it because I think it's going to be fun. So Freckleface, what do you have for our shenanigans this week? This is great. Well, this is just, you know... It's, it's going to be one of those lists of, like, top ten ways to annoy people. Okay. Um, 
Talk only in your native language. Now, how do you set that up? In there, there is a little option next to your chat box that says settings, and under settings is language. And you can either select, it will either be, I believe, common or orcish, depending on your faction. And also, if you are not a human or an orc, then you have an option to speak in your race's language. So if I'm a gnome, I can speak gnomish. You can speak gnomish or common. Right. And, and uh, so that's something where if I speak gnomish, then only the only people who will be able to understand me are other gnomes. Other gnomes. Now, is there a way that you can learn another language? No. So so it will just show up as gibberish to everyone else, and I'll say gnomish next to it. Right. I'll say gnomish in the beginning. I'll say like root, gnomish, and then whatever it is I have to say. Exactly. But only other gnomes would, would understand that. Exactly. See, I should do that like on a trade chat. You should. And just really annoy everybody. You should. This works especially if you're a blood elf. Now, why is that? Blood elves are very snobby. So, yeah, so it kind of goes into their character. It does. So instead of speaking the common tongue, they would rather go speak blood elf. Right. I think it's fun to have two people in guild chat that sit there and, like, talk in gnomish and no one else can understand them. Unless they're gnomes. That's great. That's, that's pretty that's funny. funny. So where where's that again? Where, where do they turn that on? Um, it's just a little uh, sidebar of your chat. Okay, sidebar of your chat. Yeah. You can choose what language you're going to speak in and annoy other people around you. You know, I think the next time I'm going to do that, if I get into a pug or some other group that's got another gnome in it, and that's it, just me and that other gnome, I'm definitely doing it. All right. And see how long it takes them to kick me out. <laughs> so that does it for our show this week. Um, all messages left on the phone number, our phone line, our answering line there. It's 321-558-7637. All of those messages are going to be entered into a monthly drawing for a swag dog t-shirt. And, and Freckleface, might I say that your swag is looking great today. Oh, thank you. So, uh, and that's all from swagdog.com. Um, we do have, I know we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you'd be picking a, uh, a winner for last month. And that will be coming up uh, based on the callers. And there's really only a couple that we have, we have to choose from. So we're going to make that choice coming up. Had to delay that a little bit, but I think it's worth it. Um, the shirts are awesome. So you can't go wrong with, with, with a shirt from swagdog.com anyhow. Uh, or any other, any other kind of gear that you want to get from there, whether it be a t-shirt, hat, or whatever. So that choice, or that um, the winner, rather, will be chosen probably next week. I think we can squeeze that in. So hang tight for that. And uh, we're getting close to the end of this month, and the phones have been relatively uh, empty. So it's a chance to get a free Swag Dog shirt or, or cap or any kind of swag gear uh, that you can get from them. So anyhow, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out the website at www.hearthcast.com. Remember, our number that we just talked about, 321-558-7637. Call, leave us a message. We'll incorporate that into the show. Even if it's a shout-out to your guildmates, doesn't matter what it is, we'll still incorporate it. You can email us at contribute at hearthcast.com or use the website submission form over on our website. And if you like the show, please let us know. You can rate us on iTunes. You can send us an email. Um, you can link to us from your blog, Facebook, MySpace, or other account. And please tell your friends and guildmates, uh, send them over to us. And anybody who does link to us, we do uh, comment with just like uh, Giggity did. Link from his blog, he gets a link back, gets a shout out on the show. We love doing that. It's, it's just how the web works, so we do that all the time. Until next time, this has been Root. And Freckleface. For HearthCast.com. All right, so this is Root from HearthCast.com, and I have two guests with me. I've got Horn and Valar. Uh, both these guys are from SwagDog.com. And they've been doing some really interesting things over at Swagdog, as you're familiar with it. Uh, they've got the 
the t-shirt apparel and, the, and whatnot that you can get your guild information on. And, and you know, Horn, I'll let you talk a little bit about what Swag Dog is doing and what, uh, what direction they've been coming from and just letting our audience uh, over here on HearthCast.com know just a little bit about what you guys do over there at Swag Dog. You got it. Yeah, uh, you know the uh, the at the center of it all is uh, is uh, a piece of equipment that's called a digital press, which basically allows us to print shirts one at a time. So if you know anything at all about t-shirt printing, basically you got to set it up and and uh, you know usually got to print some quantity of um, in screen printing. You know you want to usually be doing hundreds if not thousands at a time. Well, the digital press lets us print a single unit at a time, just kind of like your your, your color printer at home. Um, and so uh, I actually knew some of the folks over at Blizzard in the licensing department, and I went and talked to them, uh, I guess, about two years ago and said, look, you know, uh, you, know you guys have an audience that, that, uh, that, that plays a game that's got a customizable you know, kind of experience, and I got a piece of technology that allows us to make customizable apparel. What do you think of putting it together? Um, and you know, long and short, it took a little while, but we put it together, and 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 uh, what we come up with is is this line of customizable uh, customizable shirts and hoodies and this kind of thing. Um, to start, we focused on the guilds. Um, so there's a lot of iconography in the game, the the guild tabards, the icons that are used, all those elements that were uh, that come from the game. Um, so we made uh, a couple of designs that are based on the guild tabards and and your experience within a guild. Um, but we're definitely expanding. Um, we're, we're doing some character-based stuff. We're doing some uh, some designs based on uh, you know a little bit wider audience. You know, say your your faction uh, participation, and and uh, we got a lot of different stuff cooked up for the year. That is outstanding. And and Valar, I know you just told me earlier, uh, you just had one of your tunes out there uh, hit eighty. You've been playing WoW for about five years now, and you're you're doing a lot of stuff for just with the the community aspect of World of Warcraft and and Swag Dog together. And what if you just shed a little bit of light on what you're trying to do there? I understand you're trying to get maybe even a guild together on one of the servers. Yeah, um, basically we started off as, you know, I was picked up as, as a designer and uh, trying to, you know, bring some, as Mike said, some new ideas to the to the brand itself. And that meaning, you know, we, we already have the, the guild aspect covered um, and we're, you know, we're working on, a, I think, an arena design and, and you know, coming up also is uh, you know more character-based or more for the individual. And you know, we're trying to look and see what what else is out there, and um, if there's any kind of you know, I guess you want to say kind of fad or something like that. And you know, the the graphic prints or the what they call it, the fashion shirts or the very affliction style stuff. Um, trying to create something that's very unique that um, you know will we'll have someone say you know that's something I want to wear, and. Um, so, you know, starting with those, and, uh, you know, I just, like I said, I've been playing the game for five years and trying to, you know, use, we're trying to figure out what, what players want to wear, and I think the best way to do that is to actually ask them, and, you know, the best way to do that is just go into the game and, and, and just talk to them, and, you know, I'm readily available, I'm, I'm pretty much on every night at some point, sometimes, and, uh, you know, I just love talking to different people and seeing what, what they want to wear, so, you know, by creating a, a guild in the game, um, you know, it allows, you know, players that want to, you know, participate um, to have firsthand access to somebody who is working for the company and can also relay messages, can relay ideas and, um, you know, use those ideas to create new products. And, and, you know, and more importantly, I think to expand on that, I mean, we, you know, we, 
look, you're, you're playing the game. You don't want to be bugged by someone, you know, pinging you saying, hey, give me an idea for a shirt. You know, we don't, we're not trying to be obtrusive to exactly. your audience. Um, so, you know, it was, it, was, uh, it was Mike's idea to, you know, hey, let's put a guild together and we'll, we'll start populating it with, you know, our friends and family and fans. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, from my, you know, three years of going to BlizzCon uh, and, and certainly two with having a booth there, we we've developed some some fans as well that you know that, that really like what we do and I think would be uh, would be into you know being a part of our group. Oh, that's outstanding! And and uh, Mike, which uh, which server are you guys playing on right now? Uh, the server is Cargath K A K A R G R. I'm sorry, K A R G A T H. Over in the Cargath yeah, server. Yeah, there's Cargath, and I think there's Corgath. So yeah, it's Car. With the A R. Okay, that's cool. And I know you guys said you were just over, you know, actually meeting with Blizzard, and that you got like one of the biggest things coming out of there is Blizzard telling you guys to go back, you know, and ask the audience, ask the players what they want to see. And I think that's great because uh, I know a lot of times, you know, just based on what we see as players uh, from running the podcast, we talk about add-ons every week and watching how Blizzard is implementing add-ons into the UI now. They can do the same thing. They know that the, you know the power of their game comes from the players, and it seems like you can get a lot of this of. Uh, of mileage, if you will, from getting input from your users and from the players of the game to see just exactly what they want to wear and what they'd be comfortable wearing around. So I think that's well, the, and the biggest thing, you know, the, the you know really is to do it in a way that is, you know, that that is non-obtrusive. And I think that's Blizzard's biggest Blizzard's number one concern, without question, throughout this entire two and a half year experience I've been with them, is protecting the experience of the user. The okay. last thing in the world that they want is to have us as an official licensee, you know, in the game messaging customers, hey, trying to sell them a T-shirt or even be perceived as that. Um, and right. I get that. Yeah, know, that kind of borders on the gold farmer issue there type thing. So exactly. I, I can totally understand that. But, exactly. You know, that's, that's so counter to what the experience is really about. Um, but at the same time, you know, you know, uh, you, you know, the expression fish where the fish are, you know, I mean, it makes sense for us to – to you know, to uh, you know, look at the audience directly for hey, you know, rather than us in a vacuum, and even even you know, with the new addition of of you know, Mike Wilworka here on the team, you know, a guy who's in the in the audience, you know, that's one guy out of twelve million, you know, yeah. and so we don't want to just just view, you know, the audience uh, through one one set of eyes. No, you always want as many as you can get, and that's one thing that. And that, that's a business lesson for anybody to take home, no matter what they're doing. You don't want to develop anything inside of a bubble because it always fails. Um, so I think you guys are really in the right path. With them. I'm glad to hear that that uh, that that Blizzard is 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 you know so for this and so for the community aspect of this. Really, I think it's well, going to be great for everything. I, I think what we've done is we've dipped our toe in the water. We proved with the guild icon line, and then you know the guild the guild tabard stuff, and then expanding into those those uh, embroidered hats. That we can produce a high quality item that 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 maintains the integrity of the brand, you know, but also you know is something that people are into and looks good. And so you know, we kind of in our meeting last week, we you know, we kind of just sat down and said, look, let's creatively, let's look at all the different directions we can go in. There's the, the our limits are are very wide. You know, there's a lot of things we can do to let users express themselves and their experience, and you know. Jinx are, 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 you know, they've done a great job. They've got a fantastic brand. They're really nice guys, um, you know, and they've established themselves with, with, with a really, you know, powerful, you know, brand. 
Um, but at the same time, it is limited. Your your Jinx shirt is limited to you know what their design team wants for you. Right. Now, so I experience get... totally different experience. In fact, you know, you know, my you know, I, I we we've met with them. I've been to their office out in San Diego, and they really you know have told us pretty directly. You know, uh, we don't really view you as competition because you know, yes, we're both making apparel. But they're really making a fashion brand, and we're making an interactive experience. So there really is a pretty big difference. That is a great, great uh, analogy and a great, great uh, viewpoint on that. Now, can you guys maybe hint or share any kind of, of anything that's like upcoming on the horizon that you guys are doing uh, for any kind of wares or apparel that you guys might might be you know coming out within the next quarter or so, or two quarters away? You know, the, the I, I'm not trying to be clandestine or mysterious, but the the um, the approval process is such that we've got we probably have ten different concepts that are in front of them right now, and we don't know which ones are going to be done in two weeks and which ones are going to be done in six months. Um, but I will say that that we have um, we have some designs that are based on factions. We have some designs that are based on um, on races. Some that are based on class, and we have. Uh, a group that a, a, a design that's based on arena play, um, so we are kind of looking at uh, a variety of different expressions. I like I that. Too, I was gonna say, I think too, you know, you know, a lot because these things change, you know, going back and forth between Blizzard, you know, for us, you know, looking from ideas from the players, you know, you, you know, never feel like submitting an idea for something that you might think is. You know, oh, it's too late for me to kind of submit this idea because, like I said, these things bounce back and forth so much that, um, you know, if it comes back with several changes and we see something that we like even better from a, a player-suggested feedback, you know, we would probably just try implementing that and just seeing how well it works. And, you know, that could be the, the one thing that tips it over the edge that makes Blizzard say, yeah, let's do this. Let's go ahead. Yeah, you really never know when, when you're getting user input. That's, that's some of the creative, creative things we've learned in, in well, life. And you look, at, you, look at, um, you look at sites like Threadless. You know, that's all they do, you know, and it's, it's a fantastic, you know, and, and really if you want to expand it out from a philosophical standpoint, I mean, something like YouTube, you know, that whole user-generated uh, content type thing, um, you know, it, it, there's really a, a ton of it out there. And, and, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I think, you know, a, a des- having design team like Mike, you know, can take an idea, and, and, and you may be a user who's got a great idea, but you're the worst graphic designer on earth, you know, and you, and you, you know, draw it out with crayon and send it in, and then we can polish it up and make it something really cool, and it's still your concept. That, that's awesome because I am the, the worst graphic designer out there, but bar none. So you- <laughs> I, I, I would, I'll challenge you to a bad graphic <laughs> design contest. I'll tell you, I, I was doing a... Uh, Actually, a PowerPoint just today for our uh, for our latest round of designs for Warcraft, um, and one of my internal designers just kind of shook his head at me and was like, you know, took pity on me and re- <laughs> um, and it really looks like the difference between what my third grade daughter does and you know what what's what's hanging in a museum. Oh, man, that that's that's great to have those kind of people, but uh, you know, I know that you know the the products you guys have are outstanding. The the quality is is second to none. And I'm sure we've got years and years of, of more quality wearables and, and gear coming from you guys. And I know it's something the community really loves and really appreciates. You know, I've seen uh, guys at Comic Cons in different places wearing the gear, and this is always has really impressed me, which is why we use it as a giveaway on our show, because I think it, bar none, it is 
uh, something that is unique to the game and unique to the player experience, which is you know what we're after at Hearthcast is to make that player experience that much better. So I think you guys are, are got an excellent product and an excellent niche that you're after, and uh, I think you guys are you're just spot on with this thing. Thanks. And, you yeah. know, I'm just going to go back about the guild idea too. Is um, you know we mentioned starting this up and. Um, you know, I, I would probably say when before the show launches or when this is aired that, you know, um, hopefully it'll be starting or if not, it'll be within this week um, that, uh, you know, th- this show, what I like about this show is, it, you know, it really does focus, you know, to not just the hardcore gamers. There's a lot of people out there that are just casual that, you know, may just want to bounce around from different servers just to see the kind of environment that they like. So, um, you know, I... I, I Recommend people just kind of come over and you know, go to the Cargrath servers, check us out, see what they if they want to hang out and stay. Um, and like I said, be a part of it and suggest your ideas. And um, like I said, we maybe we'll have. I think we're going to do contests maybe once a month um, and try to reward some of those players that are active. And yeah, and you know what? And even if you don't have an idea or you're just not sure, you just want to just hang out and and uh, and chill. That's cool too. Yeah, yeah it, it may be premature at this point in time, but do you guys have you decided on a, a guild name yet? Um, I, I kind of thought of this to call it just the Swag Dogs. Well, there. Well, that be I, I, that would definitely be identifying for you guys in the game, wouldn't it? There. Absolutely. <laughs> well, at least that way it's not. You know, uh, the advantage of that certainly is that we're not going to stealth bomb anybody and you know pretend we're one thing and that we're not. You know, it's right. We're not trying to disguise the fact that we are a licensee who does sell merchandise. You know, last thing I want to do is offend even one person. You know, it's just. It's just, and, and, and anybody who's who's been through our customer service experience, whether you whether you had a, you know an issue or a misshipment or or you just wanted to contact us or you met us at BlizzCon, I think one thing we've been consistent from day one is, you know, we we want to have top notch customer service, um, and and you know and, and treat you know every customer with the most respect. And so if we go into this game and we say we're you know. Team XYZ, and we start mentioning T-shirts. It's gonna just—it's just gonna be disingenuous, right? And you never want to mislead anybody. That you know, you're not gonna—you're not gonna make you know, a lot of friends doing that. At and, all. and and the thing of it is, is it—you know—it may not seem like it at the time, but we're not in the business of selling one shirt to one person. I mean, it's not from from a marketing standpoint. We're not gonna sit there and play this game so that we can try to reach out and recruit someone and sell them one shirt. You know, we want to create a community where people are into it, and they just spread the word and say, you know, I, I kind of had a cool experience with those guys, and and over time it'll spread out, and you know, we'll we'll eventually get to the entire player base. But you know, it's the idea of starting this this guild and playing in it is 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 first and foremost, I think, just to have a good time. But it's really, it's not. I hope people don't think that we're recruiting them so that then they feel guilted into buying a shirt because that's. That's certainly not what what we're after. No, not at all. No, I think there's 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 a huge you know draw just to be associated with a, with you know such a well known entity online already. So well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of the enticing ideas that we have is that um, as far as a contest, and we, it obviously wouldn't be until sometime next summer whenever it's announced. But we do we go to BlizzCon every year, and one of the things we do at BlizzCon is we set up our booth. And so one of the things I used to do back in the action figure business is I used to you know, call on local, uh, you know, volunteers and contest winners, and we give passes away. So one of the things certainly is, well, you know, you'll have to come work our booth for a while, but it's a... Uh, well, yeah, that that's going to hurt a lot of feelings. Yeah, come to, <laughs> come to BlizzCon and, you know, and spend uh, a few hours on, on our side of the table. 
you know, as well as you know, we'll probably make sure you have some free time there to wander around. Yeah, just well, as long as they don't, just as long as they don't get my ticket this time. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I'll look forward to meeting you both there. And uh... that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mike, you. Uh, I think you just barely missed us that time. Yeah, right? it was uh, short by. I think it was short by a week. I think we were passing uh, ships in the night. Well. BlizzCon is uh, is the, the and I, I I'm a longtime veteran of a million events, comic cons and all kinds of stuff and toy fairs and video game shows all over the world and there's nothing is BlizzCon is one of the most unique uh, events that I've ever participated in. I, I was really kind of pulling if that if that uh, Las Vegas rumor was true because man that would be one hell of a trip. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Licensing show moved to Vegas, and I know Toy Fair has been talking about it. It's a uh, it's an interesting it's interesting town to go to for uh, for a trade show. Yeah, but you can't ask for you can't ask for a better plug than that. No, you Possibility can't. of going to going to BlizzCon. That's a that's a. <laughs> <laughs> you you better be a, a a highly contributing guild member for that to happen. So that's yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll figure out a way to make it right. We'll put some balance into it too. So you know you don't you don't have to be uh, you know. 80 hours a week in the guild to be eligible. I mean, you know... You know, I, you know I do want to stress, too, that, you know, I, I, I mean, especially with this guild being, you know, such a, a family a friendly guild that, or the, the show, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to keep it a very family-friendly, you know, uh, guild as well, just to, you know, we don't need people in there just dropping F-bombs left and right. We want this right. to be something where anybody can come in. You know, if they decide that, you know, we want to make this, you know, we're, the high-end guys can want to raid, you know, I'll raid, you know, I, I tank, uh, you know, a 10-man and 25-man TOC right now. So, you know, I am geared for that. So, you know, I've led a guild before, um, but it's just really important that, we, you know, that anybody who decides to come over just, you know, to have that mentality of, you know, one, this is with a company, but we want to be able to be just very open, relaxed, free, you know, just, you know, we don't want anybody to feel like they're going to be um, ostracized just because they come in and, you know, oh, I don't play as hardcore as somebody else, but you know, everyone's welcome. Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, that's me right there. I, I, I'll be in this guild, and I'm, I'm, I'm not one of the, uh, I'm not a hardcore, but I'll be in there as well. Yeah, look for us on, look for us online tonight or tomorrow night. We'll be, uh, we'll be, I'll be showing the, the new guys how to play. <laughs> well, perfect. So we'll we'll meet you over on on the server uh, tonight, or actually, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday night. And, guys, listen, I want to thank you so much for your time, and thank you again for what you're doing over at SwagDot.com. Uh, thank you for, you know, what you're contributing for our show here, for our, for our listeners, and uh, and for Freckleface and myself, just, again, thank you for your time and everything you're doing. Any, any, just in case somebody uh, needs to, you know, figure out who to contact, like I said, my name is uh, Valar, V-A-L-A-A-R. Um, feel free to contact me in-game. That's also my Twitter um, if anybody is looking for an invite to get in and help us, if anybody wants to be one of those founding members to help us get it going, um, like I said, feel free to contact me. Yeah, and, and, and likewise for me, am I, uh, I'm on the Twitter as the as Swagdog CEO, um, and so you can always find me there, or, or, or just go to the site and drop me an email at any time. Uh, uh, but uh, I really appreciate it, Andy. Thanks for uh, thanks for the Absolutely. invite and having us on, and you know letting us uh, you know letting us be a part of it. You bet anytime. Have yeah, a good night, guys. guys. If you guys right. ever need uh, somebody on, you know, to help with a segment or something, you know, feel free to contact me. Uh, I've been tanking for, like I said, five years, and uh, May just doing some pretty good arcane damage too. So I'd be happy to help you guys any way we can. Outstanding. All right, okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks All so right, much. Thanks. Take care.